Let's do this. <laughs> Welcome to Run With Purposes, episode number 64. And for those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so very glad that you found this podcast. Would love if you would subscribe. And as always, you can reach out to me on all the socials at flores.run. Hope everyone is having an amazing week. Uh, we have a special guest. You know her from earlier this year. I told you we'd have her back on the show. Uh, she's back. Uh, Katie, thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you for having me. I feel like we were plotting out this plan from the moment that episode ended. We were like, all right, let's get it on the calendar. We (laughs) We literally did. We were like, we're like, all right, what other cool things can we talk about? Because I think the conversation went really well. People loved it. It was the longest podcast episode I had done. And I was just like, this is great. We're just going to talk for like three hours. And even today, like we've already been talking for 25 minutes. And I was like, hey, we should probably start. Yeah, maybe we should push record. I don't know. There's yeah. just so many things to talk about. We have we have such a wide spectrum of things to talk about. It's and I'm just like the biggest chatty Kathy in the world. You get me started. We already started talking about this. You get me started on the microbiome, and I won't stop oh, for like the an microbiomes. hour. So. We're just gonna get we're gonna get <laughs> taught right now. We're gonna we're gonna go to school, learn all about the microbiomes. Actually, we're not. If you want to know about the microbiomes, you better check out her fucking class. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sign up. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, it's actually so yeah. this this episode will actually be releasing before your or the same day as your second week. Do you want to just let's just plug that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a signature program. It's my 90 day group coaching program called the nourish to flourish framework, which is essentially where I break down the entire holistic health framework, all six areas. And we learn all about kind of how we're conditioned to think about health and wellness and food, and then actually breaking down the science of what's happening and what actually works within the body. And then basically building a toolkit together in a group coaching format. So you can try things on and find what works best for you. So you can stop, you can ditch the diets. You can stop all the excess stress. You can find more energy finally, and like feel vibrant and at home in your body with things that actually work for you. And you get a community of women to do it with. So everyone's building goals together. And it's just, it's super fun, super informative. And yeah, I just love it. And we talk about the microbiome. <laughs> you, get, you get to learn all about the microbiomes. Yeah. I mean, if, if there is only one reason to sign up, it's really that. It's real. I mean, there are so many good things. I I like just, you know, when you have to like pick a favorite child, that's how I just felt right now. I got instant panic where I was like, Oh my God, would it be the microbiome or would it be like the mindset portion? Like, I don't know. Like there's no, you have to pick a favorite child though. I mean, no, but the microbiome is a very good one. Well, I I meant meant like you said, you know how you have to pick a favorite child. Like you think like in general, like, I don't know if they necessarily pick them. I think they just come. That's true. I don't think anyone, is forced to, I just feel like there's always that like, Oh yeah. You know, like, Oh, obviously I was going to say Charles is the favorite. I don't even know a Charles Prince Charles. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, the, is, that who just, is that who just died? What was his name? One of the princes, know. you know, why are we? Why? Oh, Oh yeah. I don't think it was Charles. It was a different Royal. I don't keep up on the Royals. William, but I don't think Charles. Charles, who knows? Edward. I don't know. Yeah. They're Edward's all, another one. Yeah. 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 Megan Markle. I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what we're here to talk about today. That's we're a, not, we're not Royal experts. <laughs> how, 
How great of an episode would that be, though? Like, hey, neither one of us know anything about the Royals. Let's just start telling facts. And, you, just, and you tell me which one's it. true or not. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> it's so funny that you say this because this is, again, this is going to be the episode of Tangents. But my partner and I were talking about how it would be amazing if we had an episode where I gave the descriptions of all the video games I've seen him play. Like, he would be like, okay describe this one and like give me the title and then i would give the description for it to people and it would it again as a person who doesn't know anything other than like what i've seen yeah and it was just like the most entertaining idea of someone explaining something that they know nothing about <laughs> that is hilarious i would i would watch that okay you make I'll, it happen. I'll report back to him <laughs> yes you, you make that happen and i will i will gladly watch hours upon hours uh, of that That's- i was going for like 30 minutes the other day. I was like, oh, and there's this one. And he was like, that is not what happens in that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. it's a shoot 'em up game, obviously. Yeah. And there's like this monster with this tongue. I don't know, but <laughs> it was very entertaining. Yeah. So today, if, you, if you're not very, it's not apparent yet, we're talking about accountability. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you circle back to that. But I you have did. no it's idea. It's just like, you know what? It's obvious we're talking about accountability, but we had this, it came kind of stemmed from our last conversation. And then I had messaged you, you had posted something uh, on Instagram and I basically reached out. I was like, Hey, here's our topic. Like we need to talk mm-hmm. about this. And we really broke down to accountability has a lot of, there's a lot of different avenues we can go with it and kind of like what our thoughts were about it. So as you guys obviously have known already in the first five minutes of this recording, we're going to be all over the place. But I think in whole, our idea is still to come around this idea of accountability and really accountability probably from a couple different avenues. So accountability to ourselves and kind of what that means and how we kind of learn this idea of accountability uh, from growing up to, to becoming an adult. And then, you know, kind of with our family and friends, like any boundaries and stuff like that. And then kind of from an accountability of, of, of hiring a coach or working with someone to kind of get you accountable in whatever those things in. And that's probably the kind of the way we're going to break it down. I just noticed, I think this photo is crooked. Uh, that's going to, doesn't it look crooked? This one here? Uh, I mean, I'd be slightly ajar. Oh gosh, that's going to annoy me while I'm editing this video. Anyways, I, guess I, can, yeah. I can't look at this. I think now that I'm thinking back to it, the post that spurred this too was, I think it was me talking about what a coach is and what a coach isn't and that the, the coaching relationship goes both ways and it takes accountability from both sides. And, and then we were like, Oh yeah, that's really interesting. Like it's cause you have to have personal accountability, but then you can also seek outside accountability and <clears throat> how are those different and what does it look like? And yeah, all of that. Yeah, so it's a very important to, topic. I was just trying to find that, that coach, uh, the, uh, that post that you said, but yeah, I think, it's, it's definitely a wide net. Like accountability is itself is a wide net. And you found a really good mm-hmm. definition. What was the definition that you found for accountability? Yeah. yeah. So essentially it's the willingness to be responsible for your own actions. So it basically like eliminates the time and effort that you spend on distracting activities or like unproductive activities that aren't related to like the growth and the habits that you want to make. So it's like holding yourself accountable to those things that you want to do. And like, ultimately accountability helps you grow your skills and your confidence, but you have to have the accountability to be responsible for those actions. Yeah. I heard, I saw, I got introduced to a guy today, uh, on Instagram. I can't remember his handle now that I think about it, but I think it's like, I am, um, 
I am value or I add value or something like that. But he had a post of saying like, what's your escalator thing? And the idea of when you make one small sacrifice and you kind of um, skate by on one thing, if you do this one thing here, maybe for one day it won't affect you. But if you do it every single time, if you take the escalator instead of taking the stairs, what are you Mm -hmm. missing out along that journey where those steps become so important with each step you're taking? And I think that's where your accountability stuff comes into play where it's like, Hey, if I kind of lax on whatever I'm doing, we talked about before we started recording, trying to grow our businesses and that sort of thing. Well, if we don't take the necessary steps and continuously do those and continue to try to to learn and grow in that situation, we're going to be five steps back than where we want to be. And and that can kind of cause some some disruption in in your actions. Yeah, this actually... I wasn't even thinking we were going to talk about this, but we're going to now because it's super important. I mean, I think the part of accountability, when people think of accountability, they're like, oh, I need an accountability buddy so I can like do my workouts or whatever. I'm not saying that's bad in any way. That's great. Like everyone needs those, but it's often associated with things that you're like trying to change that you need the most accountability in. But if you think about it, you do things every single day that you are holding yourself accountable to that you've made non-negotiables. So like every single day, for instance, I get up and I brush my teeth. No one's holding Mm. me accountable to do that. The only person that's doing that is me. But at some point when my parents stopped holding me accountable for it, I had to start holding myself accountable for it. And the great thing about whether it's personal accountability or someone outside of you holding you accountable It's that idea that in order to create things that are default or like muscle memory for you, or to get like a little scientific, like in order to put things into the default mode network of your brain, which is the, the thing that's operating in the background all the time. That's like autopilot. You know, when you like go throughout days and you're like, I don't even know what I did. Like that's your auto, your default mode network, making decisions for you all day. It's driven by the neural pathways that you're continuously going down, which are driven by like thoughts and beliefs and habits and and those sort of things. So every time you do something repeatedly, you're building that neural pathway a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper to the point where it gets into your default mode network. And so you have to hold yourself accountable to a certain like extent before it becomes part of that default mode. Um, which is why the accountability is so important in the beginning when you're really trying to get like a new habit down. Um, but if you think about it, the things that are in your default mode, you're still holding yourself accountable. It's just easier because you've done it over and over again and it becomes like a non-negotiable. Yeah. That's, I, I guess I never thought about it like that because you're doing things, you do things so often. It's like, like you said, non-negotiable. This is something that I'm doing day in and day out because I've made, I've made the decision that this is important. And because Mm -hmm. I know this is important, I'm going to continue to do it because therefore I know it's going to get me to X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to have to go to the dentist every single week because I'm brushing my teeth every single day. Or it's something as simple as I walk my dog every single day because I don't want to clean up pee off the carpet every single day. It's like initially (laughs) that was a pain in the butt. It's like, I don't want to get up at five o'clock in the morning to do this every single morning. But then it came to the point, I was like, okay, now I'm waking up at five o'clock. Like it's weird when I don't do it. Right, so you have right, these things, yeah. like you said, you, you kind of get into this default mode, which mm-hmm. to the same st- extent. So you said, you know, my parents instilled in me or whoever instilled in you to do these kinds of things until it became default. And then all of a sudden you're an adult and now 
you have just more things that you're kind of being held accountable for, whether it's holding a job to pay for rent, to pay for food, to take care of yourself. But I think we we kind of lose it because, and that's where the accountability partner piece comes in. It can almost be a negative mm-hmm. in some standpoints. Because if you think about it, our parents are technically accountability partners, making sure that we're totally. doing these things. So totally. once you separate that, you kind of have to be like, all right, this is on me. Like I can't blame anyone else for me not brushing my teeth except myself. So we can get into these bigger life issues where we're like, how do I handle these situations and hold myself to that standard without having someone come alongside with me? Because it's always nice having someone come alongside, but more often than not, those people aren't going to be on the same level as you are. They're not going to be on the same journey as you are. They might have different goal end goals than you yeah. will. We find this in like running all the time where it's like, I want to run, you know, we're, we're both training for marathons, but my buddy is running a minute and a half faster per mile. And it's like, well, if he runs with me, he's backing himself off. If I run with him, I'm going to get hurt. And how do you kind of, we have these different things. So it's nice to be like, Hey, did you run today? But if I'm expecting like the only time I'm going to run is when my buddy is with me, it's, you're setting yourself for failure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting point too, because and this goes back to this, this accountability with yourself and accountability from external factors, because the whole point of having an accountability buddy is getting through that period where it's not like second nature for you to do something. So like you want to go running every single day, or you want to, I'm trying to think of another habit. You're trying to drink your water that the, the amount of water you're supposed to drink every day. So you're like texting your accountability buddy and you're like sharing your water. The, the reality of that is that you're not going to go throughout your entire life texting your accountability buddy about your water. Maybe you are. I don't know. I don't know your life. But for me, not sustainable, not realistic. But the crucial thing is, is that a habit takes 66 days to build. I know a lot of people think, think it's less, but it's 66. It's quite a long time. And you need that accountability partner to send that reminder to yourself. And the goal is to then have personal accountability, Mm. to have those neural pathways like so ingrained at that point that then you're, you're able to do it yourself. You're able to hold yourself accountable. And this is like, uh, as you mentioned, like our parents were our first accountability buddies, (laughs) like they raised us. They made sure that we did not die. Like they, they were the ultimate accountability buddy. They were like, keep going, keep growing. And all throughout life up until you reached adulthood, whether you like went to college or you decided to start working or whatever vacation you have vocation, not vacation. Maybe you went on vacation. I don't know. Um, you know, when you went on vacation for the first time, I don't know. Um, you had all of these built-in accountability partners because you were learning so many new things. Like you were learning how to do these things. The reason that people put their children in sports is to learn things like teamwork and, and hard work and how to fail and all of these things that are really important, but you have to do them for the first time. And so they they give them built-in account- accountability partners. They give them coaches and they give them teachers and they give them all these things because they've never experienced it before. And then you get to the point where you're an adult and then all of that goes away mm. and you have to suddenly experience all the new experiences, try to build new habits, try to build more neural pathways in your brain by yourself. And for some reason, there's like this unwritten rule that you're supposed to be able to do everything by yourself, which is crazy when you've literally grown up with 
built-in accountability for 18 years, maybe less, maybe more, but it takes a long time for some people to accept help and to accept that they might need someone outside of themselves to get that process of the accountability started so that they can hold themselves accountable because it is hard to rewire the brain. It's not impossible, totally doable, but it is a challenging process. And sometimes you do need someone on the outside to help you do it. Yeah. I, I'm curious on your thoughts on this too, from the idea of, uh, you know, we had, we had these help, these, <clears throat> these accountability partners, obviously our whole life, like we said, with our parents, but you know, we're taught almost in a way of to not ask for help. Like you said, it's do it yourself, like get you grit through it. You can get it done. You know, me, myself and I, I can get through this. I don't need any additional help. <clears throat> but at some point after you fail, 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 because you're trying to do it by yourself, this thing kind of clicks of like, I need help. And it's weird because I think in our, I think we're similar ages. I think in like our age group, we have this like, now it's, it's okay to have coaches it's okay yeah. to have these like people, these mentors, if you will, that have kind of, they've made the mis- they've made mistakes as well. Maybe same ones, maybe different ones than you have, but you're looking to them for not necessarily like a semi accountability to make sure, Hey, are you on track with what your goals were? But to kind of just give you something to bounce off like, Hey, you're not alone. You know, I've right. also went through this because I think that's kind of the it works with our parents. Our parents were obviously kids at one point in time. They obviously had to grow up. They had kids and then, you know, they're able to help you. But when you separate from that, you know, a lot of people come out of high school, college or whatever the case might be. And it's like, they don't know how to do finances. They don't know how to, to manage their life in general. I did not learn how to wash the dishes until my freshman year of college. I, I don't think I learned how to do laundry. I definitely didn't do laundry until freshman year of college. I, re- I remember going to the, the, the washing machine because my dorm was like two doors down from it. It was super great, super close. And I literally like sat there and I go, shit, like I, I like what goes in Coins, first? Like soap? Yeah. I was like, Powder? I, I don't, I, this is, yeah. Like which one, and then which one do I buy? There's a thousand <laughs> of them. Which one is the right one? And they all have different things. And, and you're like, oh my gosh. But it's like, Okay, no, and that's when your accountability, you go back and you say, hey, this is something new. This is not, and now it's second nature. Like if I need to go do the laundry, I just go do the laundry while I'm working and and get it done. But I think kind of back to my point, I think I was going off the deep end there again. But I'm curious (laughs) on your thoughts of the idea of kind of this mental transition. I don't know if it's a generational thing or if it's literally like the times we're living in now with social media because we have more access to people of the idea of having coaches. Cause like there are a ton of people that like they just coach. I mean, you technically are a coach when you're helping your clients and do things like that. So <clears throat> kind of what's that mind sh- mindset shift, if you will, that that's happening in understanding that asking for help isn't bad. Yeah. That's such an interesting question. I think it's, I think it's multiple influences. I think definitely the rise of social media. I think a lot of us think of it as highlight reel, which it is for many people is a highlight reel. But when we have really great people like Brene Brown coming out and talking about this research about brave leaders, and then in order to be a brave, bold leader, you have to be vulnerable that type of those people that are coming out now and are speaking about this and are training leaders and bosses and executives and all these people about like, actually, in order to be as great as you want to be, you have to be vulnerable and you have to share the shit. I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast, but (laughs) um, the explicit label stays there the entire time. 
next. <laughs> um, but it's, it's things like that. It's also, you know, and there, there are so many examples of that too. Like one of the ones I actually talk to my mindset coach all the time about, um, this is such a great topic for me too, because as we're talking about this and like, yes, I coach, I, I am a coach and I help people with these things. I also have my own coaches. Coaches have coaches because I am a recovering perfectionist. And these are things I am also working on. But like one of the people we talk about all the time is Sarah Blakely, the founder of Sphinx and how she grew up with her dad asking her every time she came to the dinner table, what did you fail at today? And she literally took that lesson of like failure is okay in order to be able to build this thriving business. And she, she leads that way. And like, we have all these people that are starting to come out and sharing that because we have still it's, it's, it's changing, especially with the pandemic, but we have such a hustle and a grind and a feel no emotions and a keep going and never sleep and just power through and all these things around what success looks like. And that that's how you make money and money is successful. And all these, all these things that have been lined up for us in our society. One that I very much subscribed to one that I'm still unsubscribing to, like, these are things I still work on, but especially when the pandemic hit and everything kind of froze and we had to question how we operate literally every single business and everyone suddenly had a year where they were like forced to slow down. And then they were like, Oh, there's joy. (laughs) There's joy out there when you slow, slow down. And I can actually be more productive when I rest and when I find joy and I don't put my worth in in working 16 hours a day. And so I think there are kind of, all these things are kind of coming together with these incredible thought leaders and these incredible business people. And this kind of idea that I think we're starting to get to where we're starting to, to let go of the hustle and the grind. I'm not saying that it's not hard work to build a business or whatever. It's, let me tell you, it's incredibly (laughs) difficult, but but all these things are kind of coming together right now that I think are kind of making people stop and go, Oh, vulnerability, rest, joy, not attaching my worth to how much I make or how many hours I work. Like all these things are kind of happening at the same time. And I really believe that like, in order to be a good coach, we were just talking about this, that you have to show that you're also a human being and you're vulnerable and you have shitty days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You kind of have to, yeah. To, is, to be a coach, you kind of realize you have to, you went through the situation. I used to coach baseball yeah. for, um, little league and I was 24 or so when I was coaching my first little league team by myself. And parents were like, these kids were 11, 12. And they're like, I, like you're closer to my kid's age than I am to you kind of thing. Like, why are you coaching yeah. my kids? <clears throat> and they're like, you don't have any kids. I'm like, yeah, because I love baseball. I played it so long. And I've been through it. I know what they went through. I know what's going to get them to the place that they want to go, depending on what they want to do. And that's kind of what makes a good coach. Sports just make it easy. Sports makes it easy for an analogy for me. But that's the idea is you kind of have to share yourself. You have to go through it and you have to make people believe you went through it. Because and and I think that's my bigger problem with a lot of this hustle mentality is, and you see it through Instagram. Like if you go into your explore, like if you've ever clicked anything that said the word success in it, you're getting inundated with like every Gary Vee thing that's just, like you need to hustle your ass off and you need to work 80 hours a week if you're going to make a million dollars and you're just like okay maybe that's what you need to do to make a million dollars a year but 
do you need to make a million dollars a year? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's the question. It's how we define success because once we can define what success means to us, then you know what you have to hold yourself accountable to. Obviously, if success to me is making a million dollars and doing things, it's like, all right, I'm going to grind to, to get to that place. And I'm going to bring people alongside of me that, that have been through that same kind of journey or have that same drive, at least to hold myself accountable until I do these things. Um, word to the wise, you're going to get burnt out doing that shit. So the reason why those people yeah. are making money is because you're buying their books and that's how they keep making money. They tell you it's a good idea to buy their book and then you never do the thing. Side note. Um, God, that shit bothers me more than you know. Um, <laughs> but you, you kind of, you bring people alongside of you based off of what you deem as success. And that's kind of where, when you can peel back the layers and go, okay, down at the heart of it, COVID happens. I can't do these certain things. I, I realize like, hey, I need some space. I need some time. And then realize, wait a second, these are the things that are most important to me. Like, do I need more money? Like, yeah, everyone likes more money. Like, because money allows you to do more things. But at a certain point where it's like, it's just money. Like, it's mm -hmm. just more things to do. And to me, it's about building the experiences and, and the relationships and that sort of thing. Like this, having these kind of conversations are more important to me than making more money or doing whatever. Because obviously I don't have sponsors on this podcast. I make zero, I charge myself basically to do this podcast between <laughs> yeah. the gear, the, you know, the cost that it co that is to run it. But these things are more important to me than, than money and that sort of thing is building relationships and, and meeting new people and stuff like that. And I think that's, that's the important thing is finding your idea of success and then bringing people alongside of you that can kind of hold you accountable to it. Cause I know I've helped, yeah. I've probably done it with you and you've sent things over to me where it's just like, Hey, great job with this post or great job here. And it's like, and I know personally, like those things mean so much to me because I put so much energy into it to have someone like react that way. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what, that's what I was hoping for. And that kind of gives me yeah. that reassurance of like, okay, what I'm doing is not for not it's, it actually has a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much to like unpack there. I think to your point to like this idea of success, which goes along with the theme of accountability, because if you want accountability internal or external, you're probably striving for something, which leads you to like, what, it, what are you even doing? What are you even doing? What are you, even doing? What are you even, what are you even doing? What does she do up there? Do I don't even know what she does up there. I don't even know what she does in this office every single day. We see her in here. Microbiome. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> Microbiome. <laughs> I, yeah. Sorry. Oh my God. Every time <laughs> I like literally start picturing it. <laughs> I'm going to make that, I'm going to make that a sound clip on my board <laughs> and then just random times in, in other episodes. You'll have to listen. It'll be Easter egg. It's just like microbiome. It's like, what was that? Nothing. Never mind. Keep going. Nothing. Just keep going. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this idea of like, what, what are you, what are, what are you equating success to? And like, why are you feeling like you need to be held accountable in the first place? And this concept that I have been working on a lot lately, that's been so transformative is that so many people are caught up in these to do's, right? You have your to-do list and it drives literally everything that you do. And it's a part of that, that hustle culture, the grind, the 18 hour work days. Ugh. Do you like how every time we say it, there's more hours too? <laughs> the 26 <laughs> like hour work to 16. days. There's like 72 hour work days. And we lose sight of our beingness. And what I mean by that is that you can take two successful people and put them side by side. 
And it doesn't mean they did the exact same thing. Their to-do lists could be completely different. But if you look at the way they were being, that's where you're going to find more similarities. So it just, just maybe they were both being very consistent. They were being genuine. They were being vulnerable. They were being loving, like whatever the being words are. And the power in this is that a lot of people will try to strive for to do's or they'll, they'll attach themselves to these, these to do's that they thought, you know, the other person was doing them. So I should do them. This goes for everything in life that I see this a lot in the health realm too. And then they don't get the results that that person got. And they're like, well, I don't understand why it didn't work for me. And it's because it took you out of the beingness. If you were like, how are they being? Oh, they're being super consistent. I'm going to be consistent. My goal today is to start by being consistent. And if you just start your day with a to-be list and you let your to-be list drive your to-do list. So I'm going to use another example, loving. Say you woke up and you're like, today I'm going to be loving in everything that I do. I'm going to be loving. You walk into the kitchen, you drop your cup of coffee on the ground. It shatters. It gets all over your shoe. It's a mess. And you're like, what would a loving person do right now? Well, they would, well, it was my partner's mug. So I'm going to go buy them a new mug and I'm going to pick it up. And, you know, I really deserved that cup of coffee today. It's really something that brings me joy. So I'm just going to make myself another cup of coffee because that's really loving to myself. And then it's loving to my partner because I, I solved that and I cleaned it up and a loving person would give myself grace and not be my heart on myself. And they would also be give myself grace. And then it's going to take me like three extra minutes before I can go do the next thing. And you automatically probably shifted out of that immediate reaction that most people have, which is, oh my God, there's coffee everywhere. I've wasted coffee. This is taking so long. I'm so stressed. Of course, this would happen to me today. But like you start spiraling, but because you're focused, because you have so many to-dos to do, right? That was a to-do. It's slowing you down to get to the other to-dos. You have another to-do added to your list. Yeah. There's what, there's like seven to-dos in there. Like, oh my God. But if you go and you operate from a place of being, it automatically starts shifting you into doing the things to be the person you want to be. And the being the person you want to be is the success. It's not the external things. It's not. Everyone thinks it is. Those things are really nice, but they will come when you're being the person you want to be. I absolutely That's super love powerful. That. I love that. I've never heard of it heard of it put that way, but that makes perfect sense. I wrote down like consistent, intentional, like all of these things of if you're being this certain way, you're kind of projecting the the final image, if you will, of kind of what your goal is. Because if you mm-hmm. work on this being then again, it goes back, you find people that are accountable to help you hold you to that being because we, and we talked about it for literally before we were recording of, wouldn't it be great if there was just a checklist of, Hey, if you do all these things, you'll be successful on social media. 
Yeah. Like, just do all of these things. Like join these networks, post these things, use these specific hashtags, and people are going to come to your cli- your, your content. And it's just going to be yeah. absolutely amazing. But there's not. And the reason why is because there's not one right way to do any of this stuff. It's totally. kind of what makes sense for you. But if you're being intentional with it, being consistent, being proactive, and you're going, being trusting. Mm, yeah. If that like the process is working for me. Yeah. Exactly. If you're doing all these being kind of things, then you're going to to get there. I, our pastor had some sort of thing. He has some sort of being thing. It's like, it's not about the idea. It's about the doing of the thing. And that's kind of your being ideas. Like, oh, I'd like to be a loving person. And then you're just like, literally, I'm like slamming the door because my wife pissed me off about something. That was my fault to begin with. You know, it's those kinds of things where then you start putting fault on other people. And then it's a downward spiral for sure when you get to that point. And yeah. then kind, yeah. kind of along the lines with that, we brought this idea up of, boundaries and stuff like that with accountability. So we have this idea of, I want to be a certain way, but sometimes you just want to mm, strangle people because <laughs> they they kind of overstep their welcome, if you will, in in their, what they think is necessarily holding you accountable of something you want to do or how, let me rephrase, how they expected you to be. Yes. And when they expect you to be that way, and that's not how you are trying to be, you can kind of get this like external force. So talk, maybe we should talk a little bit about that, of like how your your friends and mostly family, it's probably gonna be more family than anything, kind of overstep those those boundaries when you're when you're talking about accountability. Yeah. And yeah, that it's such an interesting and like a much more deep concept than I think people even realize is that you know, we talked about your parents are your first accountability partners. And they're literally teaching you like how to be a human and like all of the upbringing is all of the conditioning in the expectations and how they were conditioned and everything is put into you. So then when you do things that are not in alignment with their things that they were making you accountable for, and it's more in, in, in alignment with where you want to go and where you want to grow, there's always going to be tension. And this is like what creates family conflict. Mm -hmm. It's when your parents who, who were like, I literally raised you so that you would not die. You would have all these values. So you could be successful, all of these things, but they're all what they think Mm. that looks like. Now there are things that I think we can all agree with. No one should grow up and be a sailor, serial killer. We have, the, there are things that I are thought bad. you were going to say sailor that. for a second. Like no one should go be a sailor. I'm like that's a very odd specific thing. Like, <laughs> really do we need to break this what's down? What's your thing against sailors? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, serial killer. There are things that are bad. Yes. But if it's things like, let's say um, you want to build this habit of mm, a really clean house and I'm trying to think of like a, a good example. I think I'm going to go with this one, a really clean house and you like it really nice and decluttered. Um, maybe, uh, actually this is a personal life example. I went through a very big minimalist phase where I started to like get rid of all my stuff. Now my family, not hoarders in any manner, but like very attached to like giving gifts. Like that is a love language in my family. Like love language is food and gifts. And so when I started like giving away all these things that were gifts, because I was like, this is not in alignment with like my values that I'm trying to like reinstill right now. Oh, so much conflict, (laughs) so much conflict, but this comes back to boundaries, which are hard, but 
sometimes by setting the boundaries, it's resetting the expectations. It's not always going to go well, but I find that when you do it and when you honor what is feeling true to you and what feels like in alignment for you, it's a better outcome than letting someone constantly like demolish your efforts. Like that's never going to feel okay. And I also find that like, if, you know, and this is most cases, like if we can find some common ground along the way, it helps heal that kind of process. And it doesn't feel like such conflict over time because whatever it is that you're trying to do, let's say it's like some health habit, like, oh, I can't stay out at these dinners till 11 PM because I'm trying to wake up at four 30 to go running. And you're sibling is not into that. They're like, you're no fun. You never stay out with us anymore. This is like, what is this the kind of person you want to be? And then it's immediately like, wow, I'm trying to run. I'm like, you know, you can just like hear it happening. And immediately when you're like setting the boundary and you're like, you know what? I'm sorry. You don't understand the value of this right now. Like this is something I'm really working on because of X, Y, Z. My why is this? I think we talked about my why in the last episode. And I understand that you're not going to understand that right now, but like, that is my boundary. And if you would like additional quality time with me, like this is when I can do it. And like, that's kind of where you kind of have to like meet in the middle with family. But then like over time, let's say you've gotten up at four 30 every single day and you've ran for, and it's a month later and you're feeling amazing and you're showing up better. They're gonna, they're gonna notice it. It's that thing. Like when someone's actually like glowing, cause they're in alignment with the person they want to be, they'll, you'll find common ground there. And then all of a sudden you've inspired that person to maybe it's not running, but maybe they started going for walks or, you know, it's just little things that like in the moment when you can't align on the values and you have to put boundaries down, it's always hard. But if you stay true to what feels good for you, most of the time it sorts out and it's fine in the end, but the setting of the boundaries so that it's not a constant conflict and you don't allow it to be a constant conflict. There's something that a coach of mine said, like, no is a complete sentence no. Do you want to go to that party? No. Do you want to drink four beers with me? No. It actually doesn't need explanation with family. It always feels like there needs to be. And there probably is a little bit that you have to do, but at a certain point when you've gone over the same thing and you've put down the boundary and you've explained yourself sometimes no. And then that's it, you know, and like holding your ground and staying true to what feels good for you, what is benefiting you that isn't, you know, obviously harming anyone else. Right. Yeah. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there with that last piece is it's, there's going to be some tension there, especially with a no kind of thing is because you, just like we talked about with the coaching, we, we can coach others because we can be vulnerable because we went through something and we're using mm-hmm. our experiences to kind of coach people to get better at whatever it is. Well, our parents or our family is like, Hey, I've been with you the longest and yeah. I've, I've coached you. These are my experiences. This is what I went through. So this obviously must be the right way because, you know, they grew up in a home that was, you know, you know we can use my own personal example because I doubt my dad's going to listen to this, but my dad's real dad left the house when he was like two years old. 
And so his entire, like growing up, all my dad wanted to do was poor. And he was like, oh, my kids are going to have things. But my dad wasn't home very often. My dad worked a lot. I didn't see him very often. And, and then it kind of get this like separation kind of thing where he's just like, wait a second. Like I, I like yearned for that extra attention and stuff like that. And then, you know, he gets remarried. He ha I have a little sister now that's 18 years younger than me. And, but, and he realized it. So now she's getting more of the attention. It took me a while to kind of come to grips of like, well, that's just the different, the different stages of that kind of accountability and, and the boundaries kind of thing. Don't know yeah. necessarily where I was going with that, but people, they, they have this idea of your, these are the expectations or the experiences that, that gave me what I believe to be right. And I'm passing those things on to you. So you should then also repeat that. And don't, don't make any changes to it. But you're like, but you made changes. Like, yeah, yeah but my changes were good changes. Your changes are <laughs> yeah. not. Like, what do you mean you don't want to have kids or you don't want to do this? We talked about this last time when we talked about the yeah. minimalist thing. It's like, the, the why, like, are you having kids? No. Well, why aren't you? Does it matter? Like, does, does any of that matter? Like, because that's not what I want. And yeah. it's when you can kind of respect that. And that's where the boundaries come in. And unfortunately, a lot of times it's not. It becomes a, a contention kind of thing. But you feel like because of your family, you almost have to over explain where the no isn't mm -hmm. enough. But I think I would take a step back from that and kind of sit in that uncomfortable place of like, no, this is what it is. Like, yes, I love you no matter what happens. You're a pain in my ass, but I love you. And you're always going to be there for me and I'll be there for you. But in this case, this is what it is. My brother yeah. came, my brother was in Ohio, um, with his father-in-law. He lives like an hour from me or yeah, his father lives like a little over an hour away. And my brother was going to come and visit. And he was like, Hey, um, he was doing like a photo shoot for something, which I still haven't found out what the hell the photo shoot was for. And I haven't <laughs> seen any photos. I feel like so, you should figure that out. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, like, uh, should we, should we talk about this? I'm like, I'm a photographer. Like, why didn't you, Never mind. But, uh, so he was there and he's like, Hey, can I come by and, uh, change before we were going to go out to, to grab bites to eat. And he's like, Hey, can I come by the house and change real quick and then leave? And I'm like, we, Bella had just had surgery on her bladder and she's like super anxious. And it's a lot of like, we didn't have visitors coming in just because it was like, it was going to start a horror and then she gets nervous. And there's just all these, yeah. things, all these situations. And I was like, no, no. Like, I know it's something simple. You think I'm just going to come over. I'm going to change. I go, but it's not simple. It's going to cause me more headaches. And that literally caused a semi argument. And then my brother decided to cancel going to dinner because of this. And it's like, you know, you have to sit and I go, you know what? Sometimes it doesn't pan out, but that shouldn't be on you as the person. You should realize like, Hey, yeah. this is, this is what I'm going after. And that's a whole weird, different example. But same concept as if there's something that I'm staying true in and this is kind of where I want to be, you hold to that. And if they don't understand that, you know, they eventually will understand it. They'll understand that you mean it in a loving kind of way. You're trying to better right. yourself and how you see that being better. But, you know, sometimes that takes time. Sometimes there's going to be a little resentment and a little bit of like, what do you mean? Like, why don't you want to hang out with me? Why don't you want to do this? And it's like, well, I have these goals. I have these things I'm doing that... I just don't have it. And it's like, hey, if you want to hang out, we can do it in these times, you know, but these are the priorities I've set in my life. And in order to do that, I've made some available time. That's my word for the year is available is I want to be available and have opportunities. I don't want to schedule every minute of every day and say, this is yeah. exactly what I'm doing every time. I want to have space because space is how you can grow. You can learn things about yourself. Just literally sitting in the silence doing nothing is still yeah. better than, than processing every single minute of your day. Yeah. That's, that's such a, that's such a story that I feel like a lot of people can resonate with too, because 
the feeling of saying no is never comfortable for the people pleasers. Mm. I would, I would be one of those. Um, it's, it's just always kind of a tough situation to be in. And when you are doing the self accountability where you have to say no to something in order to be accountable to yourself and the things you said you were going to do, the way that has been helpful to reframe that no, because no feels negative. Mm. Like we've been taught that, like, if you say no to people, like you're not being helpful, you're not, Oh, you told them no. Like, why? Like, what are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? But when I think about when I say no, when I say no, I'm saying yes to a bunch of other things. Every time you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. So by saying no, actually you can't come over and change in my house. I know it's a two minute thing. You're saying yes, that you're not going to upset your, the whole situation with your dog. Like, it's just like, you're saying, yes, I'm going, I'm caring for you the best way that I can. And like, you know, for you in that moment, because it was like literally like a medical thing, you're like, well, yeah, of course. But with things that are like a little bit more intricate, like, no, I don't, I don't have time today to come run that thing to you that you forgot. Those get me, Mm. those get me, especially as a person who works from home. Like every time there's like a situation like that, where it like, it seems like I should have the time and space to be able to do this thing yet I'm in the flow. I'm working on a presentation. I'm in the middle of recording, whatever it, I'm working with a client, like whatever it is, when I have to say no, I have to be like, because I'm saying yes to this, because if I say yes to that, I'm going to feel really bad about not doing these other things. So like opportunity cost of each side, like by saying no, you're saying yes to a lot of other things. And a lot of the times you're saying yes to the things that are more in line with who you want to be. Yeah. That's, that's so good because there is the flip side of that. Like that makes perfect sense of you're, you, you only have so much time. You only have so much attention. And when you're, when you're trying to divert that attention, you are saying no to something. If you're saying yes to everything, you are saying no to some things. You just may not realize totally. it yet. You're saying no to sleep. You're saying no to, to joy, to peace, to relaxation, to, to relationships. Silence. Yeah, to silence. To just to being. your own thoughts. Yeah, to like just being. When you're saying yes to everything, you know, a funny example of that when you were saying that is the movie Yes Man with Jim Carrey. Is, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> the idea is he was kind of like a negative Nancy, and and they basically he found this lady. She was like a hippie-ish kind of. I don't know who was it? It was another famous actress. I can't remember now, but she. But it basically was like for twenty four hours. I think it was all it was was say yes to everything. Or maybe it was a week or something like that. Say yes to everything, and basically no matter what it was, it was like yes, like I'm gonna ride the scooter, I'm gonna skydive, or I'm gonna do what I can't remember all the things. But then it came to a point where he realized, like, wait a second, saying yes to everything isn't good because you're gonna come in situations where you're like, no, like I'm going down. This is my yes plan. I want to say yes to these things because I know it's gonna get me where I want to be. But if I don't say no to this thing. I'm going to, it's going to divert, you know, and then, and then what happens? You're not going the fastest route. I mean, that's life in general. We're going in a route, something happens, we have to divert. You're just Mm -hmm. trying to minimize those diversions because the more diversions you have, you're never going to reach your goal. And then it goes back to what our success kind of uh, aspect is. And then again, into accountability of if we're not holding ourselves accountable and saying, no, these are the things that I am going to say yes to. I am prioritizing time saying these are important. 
you know, whether it's, whether it's actually items of growing business or, or things like that, or just family. Like I am super important. I've been trying really hard to get better at it, but it's like, Hey, when six o'clock comes, I'm not working anymore. I'm closing the laptop and I'm just not going to work anymore. If there's something That's super urgent, <laughs> yeah. If there's something super urgent, more than likely wait, no one, no one knock on wood, where's my wood piece? No one's literally going to die if I don't get a piece of work out. So why, why is it that big of a deal? Why do I feel like I have to, a people pleaser, why do I have to feel like I have to get to it right away? Like, nope, it's super important. Like they're asking, they're counting on me. You got it, Bob, I'll get it done, you know, whatever. And it's like, <laughs> why, do you, why do we feel that way? Whereas we need to separate that. We need to say, no, this is what it is. And the laptop is going to close and I can deal with it tomorrow morning because it's not that important in the grand scheme of things. But it's hard, like you said, as a people pleaser, to realize that, those small things that may seem small to other people are actually still making impacts. They're diverting your path of the goal you're trying to attain. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's so powerful too. And it's, it's such, it's, it's mindset work. It's, it's about navigating expectations and communication with the people around you all the time, which it's, it's always changing. It's always evolving. It's, it's, it's something that you literally have to work on every single day. And the first thing to do is to get really clear about what you want and where you're going. Like, like you were saying, like, I'm prioritizing all these things. If you, one of the things that I've, these tools that I've learned, that's really fun to do is, you know, in order to create priorities and then to create beingness and to-do lists, you, you write down your top three priorities. So I have a whiteboard here. You can't see it, but my top three priorities are up there. But the first one is my thriving health, my own health, because if I don't have that first, I can't show up in this world. Um, an abundant business. So anything related to growing my business, helping more women and then loving relationships. So anything to do with my partner, my family, my friendships connection. And those are my top three priorities. So anything that does not like when I'm making any decision to do anything, if it doesn't hit the category of hell, yes, it's supporting one of those things. It's a hell no. Mm. And like, it's just, that's it. It's a hell no. It's either a, Oh, hell yes. That's supporting that. Or it's no, I'm not doing that. And when you put it in those very like simple terms of like, if it's not a hell, yes, it's a no. Yeah. It becomes very clear, very quickly. And then it's just, talking through again, communication, boundaries, expectations, those things, uh, that keep you accountable to yourself. Or if you need that outside help, having someone else help you with that accountability until it becomes second nature for you. You, you said the hell yes to the no thing. And the first thing that came to mind was a John Mayer lyric of anything less, anything other than yes is no. And that's actually like that's the exact thing we're talking about here is yes. it's a whole nother, like I think that's in friends, lovers or nothing. So it's a whole nother issue. But the, the idea of <laughs> if it's not a yes, it's a no period. You're and, and that can happen to things. You're like, Oh, well maybe I'll say no, it's no. And if you, if you are a little more 
strict with that. If we talk about, go back to like the boundaries aspect of this whole conversation, if you're strict and not having this like gray area, like this fits or this doesn't, then you kind of set yourself up for better expectations from the people you're talking about. Like you said, expectations Mm -hmm. to understand that like these are though, he's like, he's hard after she is hard after this thing. This is not going to align. I'm not even going to bother with it. But if you're like, there's that little, that little gray area where you're just like, oh, it maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And again, that's not saying you shouldn't have flexibility in what you do. And, right. You yeah. Know, you know, don't have the snack or don't have the fun or don't do whatever. It's the idea of what's your, what's your main purpose and goal. And if this is actually going to be a diversion, then it should be no. Period. And that, that really should be, I like the hell yes versus hell no. Like that just makes, it makes perfect sense because it gives you, you, you think about it, it needs to be two extremes and it's like, I'm all the way over here. And if it's not, if it's, if I'm not a hundred percent in this, then it's not, it's wasting my time. Why am I dealing with it? Why am I putting my time, energy, effort, and all that stuff into this piece? That's not, not grabbing me there. Yeah. And it's, it's also this thing of, going way back to the original spot in our conversation about what spurred this interview was when I was talking about what coaching is and what coaching is it, it's actually about reflecting what the other person already knows intuitively inside of them. That is my job. Like I have, yes, there are many things that I can teach you. Don't give the secret away. (laughs) I'm giving it away. There, there are so many tools. There's literally, I don't even know how many videos I've shot now with tools, 35 videos of all the science behind what actually is happening in your body. All of these tried and true methods of how you can manage your stress levels, all of these things, but it is individual to you what actually works. And I am here as a guide, as a person to hold you accountable to the things that actually do work. I'm shining a mirror up to you, what you already know in here, but is clouded by diet culture, by conditioning, by what your parents wanted from you, by all of these things, by what your neighbor Sally is doing, by like literally we're so shrouded sometimes. Don't know if that's the appropriate word. Run with it. In, in all of these external things that are telling us what we should be, one of my least favorite words, stop shooting on yourself, that sometimes we just need someone to help us like uncover what we intuitively know. And sometimes doing silly little exercises like that, like the hell yes and the hell no, it's like, Sometimes I literally, I'll have a client come to me and they're like, well, I don't know if I should do this or if I should do this. And I was like, you have five seconds to decide, go. And they're like, well, I want to do that one. And I'm like, great. There's your, that's what you should do. Like sometimes it just takes someone else to, to hold that mirror up or even just like give you the slightest bit of permission to be like, tune in, tune in. What's your body telling you? Like, and that's, honestly, why this is so rewarding is because I get to work with women to help take away all of the freaking pressures. Like I, Glennon Doyle wrote that book recently untamed about like all the pressures women have and like how she like came out of it. And now she's like this untamed thing. Everyone's trying to tame us into being something that we're not. And when you like can take that away and actually live a life that you want to, it's like, it's crazy. Sometimes we don't even know the things that we are capable of 
health, business, relationships, or otherwise, because we're being held back by limitations that we're creating for ourselves. And we just need a little bit of accountability from someone else sometimes to take that away to align with the person that we actually want to be. Yeah. I think it's interesting. You hit a point there of like shining a mirror into people because people more often than not know the things they should do. They know, they know the steps that need to take to get there. But like you said, because of these external forces that have been put upon us, we kind of, we either question it saying, well, there must be a shortcut because it looks like they took a shortcut or maybe I'm thinking about it a little wrong or maybe my ideas are wrong or that sort of thing. So you kind of need this person to be, to kind of just give you like, no, 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 you're right. Or like you said, sit in it. You had this, we talked about it before you said, you know, someone was saying, um, Hey, I, I feel uncomfortable when I'm not using this app. And you're like, okay, like, what am I supposed to do? You're like, well, sit in it, sit in that discomfort. Why is it uncomfortable? Why are you afraid of this? And sometimes it just takes someone else literally telling you that. Cause if you do it to yourself, you're just like, you just run through the ideas and you're just like, wait a second. It's cause I'm wrong. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. This is what's happening. I, there's something wrong with me. I need to change X, Y, and Z to be like this person or that person. Yeah. Like, but all you need is someone to, to come alongside of you and just go, what do you think about that? Again, you're not, there's, you know, obviously sometimes you're giving answers. You're like, hey, they have questions, you're providing answers, but it's a lot of turning it back and go, well, what do you think about that? Where are you yeah. feeling with that? What is that? And that's really all it is. And that's, to me, is what a good accountability person is as an adult. Obviously, we talked about parents making sure you don't die. But outside of that, a lot of these things are, what do you think about this? You know, how, how is this making you feel? Can you be in that moment? And I think not to downplay, um, I'm probably gonna piss somebody off with this, but oh well, <laughs> not to downplay like depression and anxiety and those kinds of real issues. But a lot of that really is, why are we holding ourselves to some other, someone else's standards or what they believe of how I should feel? This is, this is what it's like to feel normal. That word mm-hmm. kills me because it's like what normal is being like everybody else. And who wants to be like everybody else? That's stupid. And I play this like yeah, music we dance in area. Yeah. Go ahead. Is is bananas to me because there literally is no normal. Like what I bet if it, it doesn't matter what area we're talking about right now, if you named what normal was like, you can't define what normal is. If you tried to tell me what a normal body type looked like, guess what? That's influenced by diet culture. Not real. Like literally there are so many things that you think are normal. The path to success is climbing the corporate ladder. That's simply untrue. There are so many entrepreneurs. It was normal for 50 or 60 years. Yeah. Like there, there, there is no normal and that's very uncomfortable to accept. It's like, (laughs) it's something that I personally am working on sitting in the uncomfortableness of like finding my own measures of success. It's like, it's just, especially when you're an entrepreneur, like what I was taught was success does not align with what feels good for me. And it's, it's, it's sitting in the uncomfortable stuff and like to be totally vulnerable and candid, like this past week was one of the hardest weeks for me because I have been sitting in my shit like, and it's, it's hard. And this is, this is really a good testament to the work of coaches because I am a coach and I'm very good at being a mirror for someone else. 
but sometimes Mm -hmm. I can't turn that back and do it for myself. It doesn't work that way. That's why I do it for other people. I have my own coaches, my own support system who do that for me. And because I'm a coach, I know the importance of it and I know how much it can work, but it doesn't make me, it doesn't make me better than anyone else because I am a coach. It just means I I understand the tools and I've mastered how to work with people so that I can be that mirror, but I can't be that mirror for myself. And it goes back to that thing of like, when you turn 18, you're supposed to have it all figured out. Like, no just uh, coaches don't have it all figured out. I hope people don't think that because we don't, (laughs) we don't, (laughs) I don't know anything just about the microbiome, (laughs) just all the microbiomes. You have questions about microbiomes. Got you. Um, but yeah, Yeah. the the idea of normal is we're all looking for a baseline. That's really what it is. We want to be able to compare ourselves like, okay, at this thing, whatever that thing is, am I better or worse? Where do I sit in that? And the problem is, is Mm -hmm. when we define what that normal is or we let culture define what that normal is, you kind of go on this, like it ebbs and flows. Like different things are normal for different periods of time. You talk about the body thing. I've seen a ton of things where it's like, hey, depending on what country you're from, I saw this one picture, it's like a woman's face and it says, this face is considered beautiful in the different cultures. And it's like every, you know, it's like different regions of the world. There's like 15 of them that they put. And it's like, yeah, you're like certain things don't look like our American version. They don't look like something else. And that that's when we try to say, Oh, wait a second. No, well, that person's ugly. And again, I'm pissing people off because I'm judging people. But you know, you have this thing where you're like, this is, this is not my idea of beauty, but you're like, wait a second, half the population finds this, this idea of beauty. And you're like, wait, well then maybe I'm not normal. If, cause if I'm in the minority, I'm technically not normal because I'm now different than the majority. And you're like, wait a second, this doesn't make any sense. So once we can kind of separate from that needing a baseline and being able mm-hmm. to um, judge ourselves accordingly of, of, of your worth, if you're using an external, an external force to determine your worth, stop it now. Because you're never, never going to be satisfied with anything you're doing, anything about yourself. If you're looking outside and saying, that is what success is. That's what beauty is. That's what I want. I want what they have. And that's the only thing I'm going after because that's where I'm judging myself. If I'm not that, I'm less than, and that's a very, very shitty place to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's something I, I deal with. Like it, it's sometimes people think it's like kind of woo woo the whole, like you have to be your own inner guide and you have to like follow your intuition. And, and I use the word alignment a lot because I really am passionate that that's the best way to describe it. Like you have your own path in life, your own journey that your whole being is telling you to do. And some people will ignore it their entire life. And then they get to their deathbed. And there's all the studies that are people like, I wish I would have spent more time with my loved ones. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have. Oh my goodness. Don't get to that place where you end up at the end of your life and you wish you would have done all these things. It's you have to, not that it's an easy process because it's not, but you have to start. I always say, slow down to tune in to really listen to what feels like it's in alignment with you. What does success feel like? Does it feel like not being tied down to a certain location and being able to be nomadic 
while you work? Does it feel like having and raising a family by choice and not working? Does it feel like not working in the corporate sense? I should be clear about that. Um, Does it feel like volunteering an X amount of hours a year? None of these things have to be linked to the monetary or capitalism kind of culture that we have taught ourselves to be as successful. Does it mean like carving out a certain amount of time per day where you're just like by yourself? Does it like, there are just so many things, there are so many options to you available to be considered as successful the only person that gets to decide that is you. The only person who gets to decide if external forces change that is you. It all comes back to you, self-accountability, and and finding out what really works for you. I love it. I like how you wrapped it up with the bow, though. Da-da-da. <laughs> uh yeah we'll just end it there because again we're gonna we could talk for another hour just about anything else we wanted to but i rather i rather not i rather just have you on again you know we'll just make it a recurring recurring segment and we'll just we'll it's like what are katie and jonathan going to riff about for 20 minutes that that everyone's like wait what is the topic and then we're going to talk about it yeah they're gonna be like i don't actually know what the topic was this week and we talked a lot about the microbiome yet i don't know anything about the microbiome maybe i will maybe i'll just title this episode microbiomes (laughs) and but the description will talk about accountability and see what he will be say. so angry. They'd be like, I literally didn't learn anything about it. I don't understand what kind of trickery this is. Uh, I'll change my podcast type to science. Um, like seriously though, like if you actually are angry right now, you can just DM me and I'll tell you all about <laughs> the microbiome. <laughs> Speaking, speaking of DM, how can folks get in touch with you? <laughs> yes. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at katie.vanlu. I'm sure it will be in the show notes. Um, that's where I spend a lot of my time. I literally DM people all the time on there. I'm doing lives. So I'm doing literally free coaching on there. I'm putting up helpful posts that you can save for later, sometimes about the microbiome, sometimes about other things. Um And you can pretty much find out about like any of the offerings right now. I'm doing a free webinar series, um, but I also have my course coming up, my signature course that I was talking about, my 90 day group coaching program, the Nourish to Flourish framework. So you can go there to find out all the details, or you can visit my website, which is www.katievanloo.com. And you can find all the info there. Perfect. And yes, all of those things will be in the show notes. Katie, thanks for being on the show again today. (sighs) Thank you so much for letting me go on all of my tangents. People, people, people are in for it. So it is what it is, but all right. To everyone else, uh, where's my button? There it is. Helps if you hit the button, if you want the music to play, I'm like, where's that, where's that button at? Um, you can reach out to me everywhere on social media at flores.run. Uh, I'm on the clubhouse now. That's a thing. If you yeah. guys use that, would like to have some conversations on clubhouse. You can reach out to me there. Same username. Um, subscribe, leave a review for the podcast. It helps people know that you like conversations like this. If you want Katie back on the show, let her give us some love. Let it know because you know I enjoy having her. If it's just if it's literally just for me, that's cool too because I just like talking to her. Um, you can visit my website at www.flores.run. It's uh, where you can find the blog post, uh, previous podcast videos. They're on our YouTube channel, but I linked them all there so you can see them in a single spot to get everything there. Um, Hangry Gear, don't forget it. 
You see it here, we got the hangry sweatshirt, we got the hangry hat. This isn't for sale, but if you want it, we might put it for sale. It's pretty baller. Um, you know I like hats. Yeah, oh, I might have to worry about getting you a hat, but, uh, but thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to keep running with purpose, one step at a time. See you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>